When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Brain again. And he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me, the podcast about Northampton Town Football Club. My name's Charles Commons. Thank you so much for pressing play. Uh, I'm joined this week by my good friend, and he is a good friend. It's Mr. Daniel. I love everything about wheels. Brothers. Wheels. Hi, Danny. <laughs> wheels. Wagon wheels. Any Wagon other wheels. kind of wheels you like? Um, the wheel of fortune. There you go. You see, the, look, you love wheels. The um, wheel, I don't know. <laughs> the wheel, there's got to be more wheels than that. It's about wheels. Uh, I know we're really late to this, but um, are there more wheels or doors? in the world (laughs) as i say very late to that particular trend yes (laughs) how are Um, you danny are you well i'm okay i'm good i'm good i've had a good a good day today on the sunday it's good we'll talk about that later but a lovely old time Mm. uh today probably better than saturday was for you i would assume but Mm. Did you have a good day over at Bolton? Despite I know you had a few issues on the trains and stuff, like most people did getting over to Bolton. Um, yeah, but good, Storm good away day was Bebet? it? Think? Is that yeah? yeah. Was it Storm, Bebet, Storm yeah. Bebet? Was that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah Storm Bebet five. Yes. <laughs> um, indeed, it it just seemed havoc. to be wreaking havoc. Yeah, on the on the railways and. I got there though. That's that's what mattered. I, the the annoying thing for me is that, um, and I I know that some people hate to you know geography lessons on here, but um, <laughs> twenty minutes it should it. take. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, it should only take me twenty minutes to get to Bolton, and it would do in the car. That would be it. But um, or the Reebok or whatever it's called these days, the Tosh Tosh Sheet Community Stadium. Um, but um, the way that, you know, if I want to go by train, I've therefore I've got to go into Manchester, then come back out. And it's essentially, it's a little bit annoying, but it's the way it is. But hey, uh, yeah, I, I met up with friends at Manchester Piccadilly and then we got on the train to um, Bolton. Um, well, or, or I can't remember what it's called now. Something Parkway is the actual station where the, 
where the stadium is. But um, yeah, it was a good day. It was a nice day. I enjoyed it. Hello to um, Rob Duncan and happy birthday. Um, birthday, Rob. To happy birthday. Him. Oh, yeah. Um, it was lovely to spend part of your day with you and uh, your good lady, Liz. Uh, yeah, it was a good day. I enjoyed it apart from the result and uh, most of the first half. Yes. <laughs> so, should, should we get on with it and, yeah. and talk about this? <laughs> it could have been um, a lot worse, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, could oh, have been dear. bottom two, cobblers one, obviously, was the score. Um, Bolton were just uh, completely on top early doors, weren't they? They were yeah. just Rampant. R- running That's ragged. Solid. It was... Yeah. It I was, was genuinely a real head in hands moment for me, Danny. <laughs> just going, what's happening here? I was sat Ugh. there just thinking, they're tuning up quite early, but it's not just that. It's the fact they're playing such good football and breaking us open so many times mm. and time and time again. And you just sat, sat there thinking, oh, this is going to be like seven or eight today because it just, it just looked like one of them games where we weren't at the races. We didn't, we hadn't mm. woken up from our international break slumber. And we, we were just. Got, just baffled like we just seem to be like deer in headlights for the first half an hour and that's a great way they, of putting it yeah they were yeah they were just just tearing us apart and you just got the that sinking feeling of oh my gosh what how, what is this going to be and i felt for you all because there was about 700 odd of you went up there really good effort again mm-hmm. from cobblers fans just thinking of you in the stadium thinking oh gosh like, what is going to happen here and tim oglethorpe on the commentary as well was saying the same thing like you know if the cobblers get back into it, but there's, you know, it's very, very unlikely that that's going to happen even at two nil. And you know, he's the most optimistic cobblers, you know, follower of all. Um, but yeah, mm. just, it just, I don't know what it was. It just, there was something about after the game, weren't there about, um, those talking on the radio about us not waking up after international breaks again, like Port Vale was the game after the last international break. And we just didn't get yes. going there at all. That was the, Jim talks about quite a lot of the, of the, as the game where the one sort of, difference performance the one performance of the season where we've just not been at yeah. it and this was quite yeah. similar in the first half an hour again after an inter- international break I don't know if it's anything to do with it what we're particularly doing wh- how we've come back mentally I don't I don't really know what it is or whether it's linked or not but yeah hopefully we don't have to find out again for, for another little bit but yeah uh, uh, there's a possibility that we might have to so we've got to find a way of doing it because it's going to happen quite a lot in mm. league one isn't it well, yeah, I mean, I think um, the Charlton game is on the next international the weekend, next break, so yeah. that'll be um, probably postponed, that one. Um, yeah, so, I think the last, the last couple haven't they? So there's, it, it depends, yeah. I guess, who the players are and whether they're still available for selection or whether they've been called up again, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, but, um, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it'll probably happen. Um, so... It's one of those. I mean, it's, it was weird. So my perspective behind the goal. I mean, I was, I was, I was maybe halfway up the tier that we were in. Um, yeah, so we were walking so up the steps on the southern couple of photos. <laughs> Great action shot of me walking up the steps. Yeah. Um, but I mean, maybe my, there were a couple of times, especially in the second half, when uh, Bolton were on the attack, or it looked like Bolton were on the attack, and and a ball was played, you know, long, maybe not long, but you know, towards our goal, and I was going and wincing, and and actually, it was just a trick of my perspective. It, it the ball was easily going through to whether it be a defender or or Lee Burge, but 
the flight of the ball was deceptive from my angle, if you like, at times. In that first half, though, it just it it just felt like Bolton were a but uh, were a knife cutting through the cobblers that were butter. That that was yeah. essentially what was happening, and it was like every single time Bolton got the ball, you were just like, "Oh no, here we go mm. again." Yeah. The question that I've got for you, because you were watching it from, or you've watched it from the perspective of the TV camera, which is generally speaking side on uh, mm. to the pitch. Especially the second goal, the Cobblers players, Sam Hoskins especially, were claiming offside. Um, I don't, you know, again, my perspective, I couldn't tell. I I wasn't Mm. able to say whether it was offside or not. But I did feel like the linesman wasn't up with play an awful lot of the time. So regardless of whether it was an offside decision to be made or not, he wouldn't have been in position to make it anyway was my gut feeling. Um, Were either of the goals in danger of being offside at all? I mean, I am clutching at straws here. Yeah, no, I don't think so from what I can remember watching them. I don't don't get the feeling that I was watching them thinking, you know, offside, especially the first first one was a Mm. rebound, wasn't it? It was, you know, um, Charles was, not you, the other one. (laughs) He was was in line with the defence when he made his run, I think, for that first goal. That's just a poacher's instinct. For the second one, I don't know. I don't think so again. Um, from what okay, I can fair recall, um, probably clutching at straws a little bit, but it was no. That yeah, I mean, you was, know, this is absolutely it. I was. It was at the time I was looking at it, and I, I, you know, it wasn't like I got out of my seat and was going, "It's offside, ref. What are you doing?" or anything like that. It was more acceptance of the fact that mm. we were being torn apart. But yeah. it was the reaction for some of our players. I mean, I, again, it wasn't like they were full on um, vociferous. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, appeals, it was more just, I think they were trying to be hopeful. Um, I actually thought it looked like a bunch of lads that were shell-shocked, especially with the second goal goes in. And they Mm. were like, just like, what on earth is happening? What's going on? This isn't the game plan. It felt like we'd gone to a higher division side in the cup and we've just been ripped apart straight away. That's what it felt like to me for the first 20, 30 minutes or so. Um, just thinking that their quality plus us not being at it, it made such a difference. And in this league, if you're going to go to places like that, you have to be at your 100% plus the other team has to be at 50%, which I think we started to see second half in the last sort of 20 minutes, half an hour, mm. that we kind of switched a little bit in the second half and we got back into it. But for that first little bit, uh, Josh Sheehan was tearing us apart with his passes. you got Randall Williams, I think we've met before um, yeah. at Exeter. He did well against us before, obviously, apart from Wembley. Um, but he was <laughs> the kind of up and coming then, wasn't he, for Exeter? And they've yeah. got him in. Dion Charles, obviously, is another level. I think he's going to be championship level at some point in the next couple of years, I think. And when you've got players like that and they're on their game and they're proving a point after the defeat to Carlisle, they're coming back after mm. two weeks break, wanting to prove a point to their home fans that they're that they're on it. And, you know, they, they just were so much better than us. And we just yeah. couldn't get, we couldn't get a foot in the game at all. Um, I mean, I was, yeah. I was really disappointed because I was so hopeful going into the game because we, you know, on the preview show, you were talking to Ben, was it from the fan mm-hmm. zone? And, um, you know, not just him, but a lot of their fans on social media were talking about how this was a must win mm-hmm. for Bolton. I kept thinking, you know, going into the game, I was actually thinking to myself, they're putting themselves under a lot of pressure here. 
this is good. This 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 is where our our in comes from, if you like, to to having an opportunity to win this game and to take something from it. And in the end, it, it obviously that that pressure just didn't seem to phase them. Um, whereas it did us. It felt like, and I can't remember who it was that said this to me. Um, so so apologies if you're listening, but. It was as if we'd gone to this nice big shiny ground in League One, you know, that, that that was a Premier League ground not so long ago, and you know, it's probably at least the Championship level facility. And we basically went, "Oh, this is shiny," <laughs> and and just got lost in the occasion and mm-hmm. a bit scared by it all, and you know, overawed by it almost. And I, I, I tend to sort of feel like that you know, is what happened in the first 20 minutes is that actually we just sort of went, oh, this is lovely. Yeah. Should we be here? Yeah. Um, oh, it's almost no. like we needed to go in and just shut up shop for the first 20 minutes and yeah. just kind of take it in and get a feel for the game. But we just didn't have chance to because no. they, they were out of the trap so quickly and got the two goals that it became back, you know, we've got to get back into mm-hmm. the game somehow from then. And it was became a, a struggle until we scored that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just frustrating thinking back to it, thinking what the second half brought. That, you know, if we'd have got started that process a little bit earlier, we might have nicked mm. something because you know, the more the more we came back into it, the more you can feel. Like even watching on iFollow, I'm sure you probably felt it in the ground as well. Their home fans just getting more and more twitchy and nervous as after mm-hmm. we'd scored the goal, and they're two one up at home. You just, you just you hear just some people around the stadium just being so nervous, and mm. you know, given another five or ten minutes, maybe we could have we could easily have nicked an equaliser, but. You know, it, we were well, undone and just faced that uphill battle after that first twenty minutes or so. Well, I must admit that when when Sam scored, up until that point, I'd been just like, I'm just going to sit here and enjoy just being on a day out and having, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to let it get too much and, and affect me, meant you know, mood wise too much. Um, but when Sam scored, it, it was like, hang on a minute. There's there's something coming here. This is good. The, you know, we could get a draw here. This the you know, and we started being a bit more uh, on the on the front foot, and and we looked like we were the more likely to go and get something. Having said that, um, there were a couple of counter attacks that Bolton did have that that scared the living out of me (laughs) (laughs) I thought are they just going to go at the other end and kill it now typical um but you know it was it was one of those I mean for me though it started um when I saw that Apre wasn't in the side because I'm uh, Tyree Simpson is not the same striker they're not the same type of player as Louis Apre you know we call him the Labrador for a reason and that's the fact that he runs around he chases everything and he goes for it Tyree Simpson couldn't catch a cold. I'm sorry. He's just not the type of player that goes chasing anything. There was, there were a couple of light balls over the top in the first half that he just didn't even bother going for. Now I'm not, you know, I know that there's an argument to sort of say, well, if he sees that as being like out of reach, then what's the point? Conserve your energy and just not go for it. But as a fan, and, and this is a thing that I was talking about um, a little while back, I think, which is that at the Cobblers, we love a tenacious forward. And I think Scott McLeish is the best example from the last 20 years 
of a striker that is adored by, you know, us as fans because he's got tremendous work rate plus he's able to score 20 goals a season. You know, it's that kind of strike. That's the cobbler's striker, the, the mould that we really want. And Apare is the closest thing to that because he chases it down. And I think that, yes, if Simpson was, you know, on 10 goals for the season already, we'd forgive him not doing the chasing. But he's not. And so while I think you sort of look at it and say to yourself, I can forgive you not having scored, you know, a hatful yet, what I can't forgive or what I won't accept is basically not trying to chase a ball or a defender. And the issue that we had in that for those first couple of goals, and I think John Brady actually says this in in his post-match interview, is that the press just didn't work. The press didn't work because we were a man short with the press because Simpson wasn't doing it. They just played around our press like it didn't exist. And, of course, all it did was it left us wide open because you had, like, Bowie, Pinnock and Hoskins pressing and they just, you know, two passes and they were around those three. And they were away into a big gaping hole that basically the the next thing that they came up against was Sean McWilliams and Mark Leonard. And, uh, you know, all of the will in the world, if you're going to get played round, there's nothing that they can do about it. The momentum's already with the with the attacking side, and at that point, you're going, "Oh crap, I'm on on my, on my heels here." Mm. And it was so easy for them for both goals, and it it comes from, from my opinion, the the, the press not working. So I'm not I'm not I want to make it very clear here that I'm not blaming Tyree Simpson. It's more that I don't believe that he fits into our style of play. Yeah, so therefore, I think, I think that's, that's what we it is, need to it? change yeah. what yeah. we're doing. I, th- I think there's there's two things you can do, isn't there? You can either change the personnel up front to suit that, or like bring yeah. it or ch- switch it around, and or put Bowie up there, who will do that running, who yeah. will get get and get annoying players. Because I think the problem was Bolton were just bypassing the forward altogether, all, all and if mm-hmm. you've got someone harrying harrying you and harrying you, you're, you're going to make mistakes sometimes. You're going to at least you know, sometimes you put it out for the throw, and it relieves the pressure sometimes. But what yeah. was happening it was just going straight up. Simpson wasn't able to get there, and they were just starting another attack. Mm-hmm. So you can either put Bowie up there and while Apare's out, and have him do that running and stick somebody else in midfield, or change the formation a little bit, or you've I don't know. You just you've got to play to Simpson's strength somehow and give it like yeah. try and find him where he can get the ball face in the defense and trying to take him on. But I just don't think that's our system. And I don't think that's Brady's system at all. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to do. And maybe he saw something in Simpson before he signed him that thought that he might do that. He might be more of that, but you've got to, if you're going to be playing a system and you're going to stick to it, like he did at Bolton, you've, I feel like you've got to have the personnel that's going to do it rather than trying to mm. fit someone into a mould where they're not going to do. You know, if, you, if you're playing route one football and playing it, if your style is hoof it up to a big man up front and suddenly your big man gets injured, you don't just put like a, a three foot person in there to get three foot, sorry, yeah. <laughs> a five foot, a five foot little striker in there and expect them to do the, the same job, do you? It's it's yeah. that kind of thing that I think we, we've we got to somehow find a way. You don't take Steve Howard off. no. With injury and put Andy Kirk on and still play no. on the ball. 
<laughs> exactly. You don't do that. Um, so I, I think it's definitely worth trying to think about how we do it. We'll come on to it later or how if we change our system a little bit. But mm. it just wasn't working for Simpson, was it? Bless him. No. Um, and actually, before we came off, the five or ten minutes before we came off, he'd started to show a little bit more. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Weirdly. Um, and and, yeah. and, and the, the thing that actually got the crowd going was the fact that he chased the ball. And, yeah. you know, this was the thing. He chased the ball and he won it down in the corner. Um, <clears throat> decent touch, showed good strength. And then I think he laid it back to Leonard maybe. And, and then we had a chance where the ball went, you know, towards the box. I, I won't say it got whipped in or anything um, because we don't tend to do that because we don't have a striker really that, you know, we can whip balls into the box. This actually, I mean, this is maybe something for a bit later on in the pod that I was thinking we talk about, but we've got to it now. So I'll just mention it in that watching the highlights of other League One games, or at least watching the goals from other games in our division, an awful lot of them come from crosses into the box. Now, I'm not saying that they're, they're not all headers, um, you know, but there's crosses going into the opposition box and then the ball gets put in the back of the net. We don't seem to do that, rightly so, because we haven't got a target man up front. However, it makes me kind of go, I want a target man, please. <laughs> because we've got we've got fantastic crosses of the ball in Mitch Pinnock and Mark Leonard, uh, you know, who can, I mean, maybe not be on the byline to cross the ball in, but who could put the ball in. Manny Monte's assist for Sam yeah. Hoskins was delightful. Lovely. So, I mean, there are people who can cross that ball in. Patrick, I know it wasn't his game, and he didn't perform very well on this occasion, but Patrick Brough can cross a ball in. And it just feels like we're, we're not utilising something that we've got at our disposal, basically because of the fact that we don't have the, the target up top. And that's yeah, the thing but again, that's... I don't think it's it's Brady's game to do that, is it? To have a target man, because you, if you're if you're having one no, striker up there and you change it into a target man, then it's going to be exactly the same as you've got with the problem with Simpson. That isn't the target man's not necessarily going to be. You can't think of that many target men who are going to chase balls around and do the same job as. But that, isn't Appar? I would I would say that Appare can do it. Yeah, but I've not seen him score many He's... headers though, has he? Yeah, but we don't cross the ball in. <laughs> oh, you you want you want him to give it a go. I, yeah, you want him to throw those high sticks into the area so that he can catch I, him. It's yeah, not, yeah, just yeah. The, I, not just launch him down, <laughs> down to the river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I want him to. I, I, I just I want I want them to to try mixing it up a little bit more at times, and I I think that we don't get the men in the box to be able to do it. And yet, you saw what happens when we do. I mean, Sam Hoskins, one of the smallest strikers in the division has scored a lovely glancing-headed goal. It was beautiful, and it made even better by a despairing die from the goalkeeper. It was lovely. And I think when you consider that, um, is it Ricardo Santos? Is that his name? Yeah, man He's an absolute brick wall, that man. I mean, he's about 10 foot tall. He's built like a brick shithouse. And I mean, nothing was getting past him apart from that one, you know, bit where, where Sam's managed to get himself unmarked, basically, in the box. But, I mean, Santos was just, you know, sniffing everything up. It was it was yeah. just, I'll have that. I'll take care of that. No problem. Massively assured on the ball. 
I, I was sort of going, yeah, that's that's he's he's basically um, their John Guthrie. That's how it how yeah, it felt. Yeah, it was clear from talking to the Bolton guys last week as well. They missed him so much against Carlisle, and you could tell mm. that if you took him out of that defence, they would struggle a little bit because because of his presence and what he brings to the the squad. And it, yeah, and that's exactly how we are with Guthrie. That you take him out. There's always, you know, no matter who you bring in, there's going to be something missing. There's going to be that experience missing of just that calmness on the board and the organisation that we have at the back. That you just think, would this have happened? Would that early start have happened with him back there? I'm not so sure. It would. Well, this is it, isn't it? Who we're not going to necessarily know, are we? Um, I mean, we did get back into it. We'll, we'll talk about the change of formation actually in 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 part two after the ads, if you don't mind, Danny. But. Uh, I wanted to, obviously we need to say congratulations to Sean McWilliams on his 200th, yes. 200th appearance 200th. for the Cobblers. Um, fantastic to see him reach that milestone. Um, I, I mean, he said himself, didn't he, that that actually maybe he's reached it a little late because of the injury issues that he's had in the past, um, etc. So maybe it should be more. But then again, Tim Oglethorpe maybe have this conversation on the Cobblers show last week with, with Jake Sharp where... They sort of said, yes, it could have been more, but at the same time, if it had been, uh, if he hadn't had those injury problems, would he still be at the club? I would have yep. somebody come in and, and mm. paid money for him and and him gone to a higher level. It's it's all sort of swings and roundabouts with that kind of thing, isn't it? Um, and uh, the, I, I'm very, 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 very not wanting to talk about referees anymore. I'm fed <laughs> up with it, right? I just want to ask the question here about the injury time thing. Because at the beginning of the season, the EFL brings in this new directive about time wasting. And it says that basically there'll be an absolute no nonsense, uh, you know, tolerance, no, no, zero tolerance towards time wasting. And yellow cards will be issued straight away. You won't even necessarily get a warning for it. You will just be booked, done. Um, Bolton were time wasting. Every throw in, every goal kick, every free kick that they got. And the bit that has annoyed me here is that the referee was clearly signaling and telling them to get on with it. And at one point, and this was during the injury time at the end of towards the end of the match, where I, th- I think it was a throw in maybe that they just weren't, they were taking their time over. And the referee even stands there, like holding his watch as if to sort of the international sign language thing for, I've stopped the clock here. Yeah. yeah. You know, it stopped. And yet he still blew up, bang on the four minutes that was given It was for yeah, the additional it was, it was time. Dead on, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. And you're just like, Mitch Pinnock went over to him going, you said you'd stop the clock and yet you stopped the game. Bang on. You've not added that time on. And it just, you know, it wasn't the referee's fault that we didn't get anything out of this. I want to make that as clear as I possibly can. But it's so frustrating when you go back to the start of the season. What was it? 19 minutes of injury time in in total for the Stevenage game for the first half and the send of the second half to then having yeah. four minutes when there was probably more time wasting in the game on Saturday than there was in the first game of the season against mm. Stevenage. And you're just like, what's happened? Why does this happen? Why are we 10, 11, 12 games into the season and everything that was said at the start of the season about the new directives, this is what the referees are going to be doing more of. Why have they all decided now 
nah, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah, I think someone said at the time as well, at the start of the season, oh, you know, this will be for the first couple of games, then it'll die down and it'll go back to how it was before. And it's exactly what's happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and I don't necessarily think we were sort of bombarding them with chances and stuff and thinking that no. we'd get a point. But I do think it's it's just completely, you just don't know what's going on at the moment. You just don't know what to take as the as the real rules and stuff. And it's all down to interpretation of each, each referee. That yeah. And it's frustrating at the end of the day. If you've if you have got a couple more minutes, you just don't know, do you, what what's going to happen? And the home crowd was starting to turn. They had turned already. And mm-hmm. if if we could eke out one more chance, one more chance, we we might have nicked something. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's just it's just the frustrating frustration at the end of the day that it's not consistent enough. It There's is. no consistency to it at all with any of and, it. And because I'm not talking about referees or you know, <laughs> definitely not talking about referees, referees uh, I, I'm definitely not going to mention how Ian Everett was basically running the line, especially in the first <laughs> half. Oh, linesman, I swear to God, Danny, every single time a ball went out for a throw in, he looked at Ian Everett to see which way to give it first. <laughs> anyway, let's take a break while I decide to put referees back in a box. Uh, back in a moment. Enjoy these ads. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me. It's Charles. It's Danny. Oh, that was very news agents. I've just it was sorry. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. If you ever listened to the news agent podcast, like, that was very much <laughs> taken from their intro. It's John. It's Emily. Sorry, carrying on. Um, back to Bolton Two Cobblers One. I'm so sorry. It's late in the evening. I've lost it completely and utterly. Before we get your three word reviews, Danny, I wanted to try a little bit something a little bit different. Because we've talked about the game. We've talked about, you know, some elements of it. We've talked about referees and linesmen. Um, I don't normally do this, but I thought it'd be quite nice. I know it was a 2-1 defeat. I know that not everybody, well, you know, there weren't many that covered themselves in any glory, but I'd I'd like to know who your man of the match was. Oh, that's a question. That is a question. Who would I've given it to? There's, I mean, it's not really anyone that stood out. Probably not just for the gold. Maybe Sam potentially. Yeah, the way he took the gold to bring us back into it. He he showed second half. He was getting more into the more and more into the game. I don't. I mean, I thought Koiki did okay when he came on. I wouldn't say man of the mm. match, but I thought he did well. I I liked the look of um, what you're talking about. What you're talking about, Willis, when he came on. <laughs> Again, yeah, not I quite did. man of the match material, but it's promising from him. I've got to say, when from Willis, but. Probably Sam, I would say, but I, I wouldn't say anybody really, really stood out to me as sort of man of the match okay. style. I'm, so I'll give it to. Sam. I, I find it quite okay. I, I mean, I think that is a that's a fair thing because he's already, he got the goal as well. Um, I also felt like he was at times. Maybe this is a bit unfair, but I felt at times that he was the only one that was chasing the game. If that makes sense, mm. there were times when it looked like he was the only one that was hadn't given it up. Basically, yeah. yeah. As I say, I don't think that's necessarily fair on all of the others, um, but it felt like that a, a couple of times when I saw him make a few runs or chase down or press or whatever. Um, I agree with what you said. Koiki came on, had a really good cameo. Thought he did really well. Willis did really well, I thought, as well. And it looks like he might have a, a long throw in his locker as well, by yeah, the way. Yeah, Towards good. the end of the game, I know he didn't actually take it, but he, the ball had gone out in a good position for a long throw into the box. Willis had the ball in his hands, 
and was running to take it while doing the whole like you know drying it off on his shirt type thing and it was only really that Mitch Pinnock went, no, 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 this is my, that's this, my job. Get off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it here. Um, the, so it made me kind of, oh, maybe he's got a long, let's, mm, that'd be interesting to see if that'll happen one day. Um, but I, you're going to be, I, I don't know whether you're going to laugh about this or, or what, but I actually think Manny Monfe deserves quite a lot of credit out of that game. No, I think that's fair. I think that, yeah, I think that's f- second half for sure. Definitely, I thought mm-hmm. first half he was he was all jelly legs as usual, but and you never really know what you're going to get with him. But I, I I still think that he looks. I mean, he's a much better player than he looks. If there's, if that being too harsh, in it, but he he gets out of situations and he does things that you just don't expect him to. And mm-hmm. the fact that the way that he plays, the way that he runs, is just it gives me the the heebie-jeebies the entire time, thinking that there's a mistake in him. But I don't actually think he's done massive amounts wrong since he's been in. It's just the fact that I think when he's in a three, we can, we feel a lot safer for him to go off on his marauding runs or to do something mm-hmm. than, we, than he does in a, in a back four. Like in a back four, I think Walsall fans said the same thing before he joined us, that he just gets exposed a lot in the back four, which I think is fair. He sometimes gets sort of flat-footed yeah. and stuff. And you can have, when you've got a, a back three, you can cover it a bit more. So I, d- I do think if we are going to play him, regularly if John Guthrie's out for a while it does make sense to put three there rather than a, a two or a back four kind of thing it's yeah because um and that the ball in was lovely for the goal as well it was. got that in his locker I'd love to see him get going forward love to see him charging forward and he must terrify the life out of people um but yeah I think I think with Monty got to be back three yeah because he just makes me too scared if it's not <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, we'll come on to the back three thing in a moment, but let's get some of your three-word reviews. Yeah, you had a good time on your three-word reviews, didn't you? And, um, what was his name? Danny Tudge was in touch, wasn't he? Oh, goodness. <laughs> lovely, old, lovely old chat with Danny at the weekend. Yeah, enjoyed that one. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sir Pennies said, really miss Guthrie. Can't argue with that, I don't think. Rob Duncan, uh, amongst others, said, better second half. Graham, um, need a striker. Um, Phil Kirby, long away day. Carl Scott said first half poor. Ian White, single goal again. This is a good point because we are only ever losing by a single goal, it seems, which is probably adding to the frustration. I wonder in a way if we had ended up on the wrong end of an absolute romping, would that have been maybe better for us in the long run than the fact that we've only got beaten by the single goal in the end. I don't know. There's a, there's an element of me that thinks if we'd have lost that game five or six nil, which it could have been by half time, in fairness, um, would that have been a bigger kick up the bum? Would it have been something that actually we needed? We need that as a kick up the bum more than just another, right, well, we were in the game and, and we've only lost it by a single goal in the end. No, I don't think so. No one, okay, no one likes to kick up the ass. True, especially Bishop know. Brennan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Idris Scott Wade says, "Tough to take." I I agree with that one completely. Kim says, "Fear no one?" Question mark. I think that's um, about John Brady's pre-match thing, which is mm. where he said that we'll respect everybody in this league, but but we've got nothing to fear from anyone. I. 
I, th- I do think that, you know, those first 20 minutes, I feared yeah. Bolton. <laughs> yeah, we feared a lot, yeah. <laughs> but it's not like John could come out again and say, come out on a Thursday in his press conference and say, oh, we're really, we're shit scared of this. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, don't want to do it. We're shitting <laughs> it. <laughs> it feels like we're about to go to the dentist. <sighs> yeah. Dan Darwood, uh, I enjoyed this for so many reasons. Tough to take. Yes. Get it? Tough sheet. There you go. Uh, Brian Cheney said, better second half. Indeed, it was. Uh, Buccello, late to party. I'm, yeah, I think that might have been in Buccero's terms of not Saturday getting night. going. Sure yeah. That wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he got home late. Yeah. Didn't, we didn't make it. Um, and I'm reading this one out just because I enjoyed it. The Autumn Cobbler, I'm in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great three word review, that one. Basically, I didn't have to suffer. Because I'm yeah. in Spain. Uh, <laughs> very good. Uh, Patrick Payne says, Viva wingbacks, which I'm guessing Ooh. is, you know, therefore let's go to a, a, a back three with wingbacks, please, John Brady, um, potentially mm-hmm. there. Um, Bilzy must win Tuesday against Leighton Orient. Yeah, big Possibly. Game. A- yeah, big Ashley game. said, poor start was, well, sorry, poor start costly. It was a three-word review, Danny. It was my fault. I added the was. Um, And Steve Scott said it was Bolton and then used a shrugging emoji. Now, is that because... Do we we think that Steve is maybe going, look, don't worry, it was Bolton. They're one of the big sides in the division. We weren't expecting to get anything out of the game, so don't worry about it. Let's just move on. Yes, I think that's exactly what that is, yeah. That's how I read it. Fair play. Bloody madness of not, excuse me, sorry. Strikers go wandering, he says. Nice, um, nice wandering. Frank wandering. Savage asks the question, deserved a draw? Question mark. And I, I, I think this was a thing. I don't necessarily think that we did deserve the draw because of the first 20 minutes. Yeah. However, by the end of the game, we did leave the stadium feeling like, oh, we could have got something out of that at the end of it. I don't think that necessarily means that you can forget and forgive the first 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, you did think to yourself, oh, if only. There was a point, actually, where I, I, I started trying to manifest it. Do you remember, like, with the Peterborough <laughs> game? After yes. I turned to you and I did say to you afterwards, I, I was like thinking to myself, wouldn't it be wonderful if we scored now? And it was about the 85th minute or whenever, and I was going... And I almost just sort of started thinking about what it would feel like if it would happen. And then it did. Yeah. Not saying that it was because of me manifesting that it happened, but I kind of started, allowed myself to sort of feel that way again against Bolton on Saturday, coming into the last sort of 15 minutes. Because, I mean, we actually got that, that, that goal back. It wasn't as far in, you know, into the second half as, as you might have thought it. I remember looking up at the clock and actually going, oh, there's still 20 minutes left here. Come on, we've got this. Loads of time to get back into it. Come on. Um, so by the time it was, yeah, game over, I think there was a little bit of like, oh, gutted, gutted by that. Um, MK Cobbler said, first 30 unacceptable. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I think we just that's didn't, fair. We just didn't wake up, did we? No, not at all. And then as we always must do, we finish with Chris. 19th stays up. Yes. 
Come on, get Chris. that in there, Chris. Yeah, Thank you so much. There. Uh, there's your three word reviews. Um, head over to Twitter or X or whatever it's called after every single match. I'm sorry, this one was a little bit late, Danny, putting up. It was well over an hour after kickoff that I finally managed to put it up on Twitter. And the reason why actually goes back to one of Rob Duncan's other um, three word <laughs> reviews that he sent me, not the one about how I pronounce a latte uh, when I go <laughs> to get a coffee. Um, but the one that he said, no Wi-Fi Bolton. Oh, right. That no, explains a lot. Because you all your messages from the match came through at like five o'clock as well. <laughs> like, I was getting messages from you at five. Saying, oh, we're shit. We're rubbish. What's going on? <laughs> we're back at it. Let's <laughs> got them all at once. Uh, funny. It was, it was like, it was one of those weird ones. I don't know whether you get this, but my phone was showing me that I had 4G and four, you know, full bars of it, but nothing was working. Yeah. So my phone was just constantly lying to me. It wasn't just me, though. Everybody else seemed to have the problem. And and, and actually, on the way out, somebody did ask a, a Bolton fan and did say to them, where, where can I go to go and get some Wi-Fi? I need to go and do something. And then the person replied, Manchester, uh, which I thought was quite good. <laughs> nice. uh, you know what you so, need in that situation? You need some Boltons. There you go. It's a blast from the past. Uh, pop a bolt on on your, your your phone contract. Make it do things that are better. Right. Um, we asked for some questions. Did that genuinely go over your head then? Or was it? No, I got what you meant. Okay, for you. Just checking. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Oh. I was quite proud oh, of it. You just completely flatlined it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It was very good. Yeah. Well done. Anyway. Um, we asked for some questions. We did. On Twitter. Questions. Um, questions. Yeah. We, we did ask some questions. Um, I, I, I've actually, the, the one that uh, I really wanted uh, to talk about, um, it comes from Patrick Payne, um, who asks, should we line up in the formation we finished the Bolton game with for Orient? I thought it gave us more space, especially for the midfield. Um, so, of course, this is about the fact that we went to 352 um was it at half time that we did that? Did Bowie come yeah. off at half time for yeah. Willis and we went yeah. three five two? Um and we got back in the game much, much better in that formation. And it's not the first time that John Brady has gone to that three five two a bit later on in the game. And it's actually then become the catalyst, if you like, for a much better performance and, and maybe even has has grabbed us the points. Um should we start three five two? It seems to be the better formation for us. Um, I appreciate I think, uh, it means changing the personnel slightly, especially at the top end. But if it's I working towards the end of the games and it's it, we're we're playing better in it, then surely it's a no brainer. I think with what we've got available at the minute, it's the best thing that we can do because we've got like mm-hmm. us, we've talked about the Monty issue already. Getting him in a three for a start that makes you a little bit more solid, um, gives him a chance to go go out from the back. Um, it gives a bit more protection there. It's not like our fullbacks can't play wing back because they can. They're ready made for it. Oddie Mayo can get forward. Um, McGowan can get forward. Lin Tock can get forward. Obviously, Koike and um, and Paddy B can get forward. It, it's not going to be an issue turning them into wing backs, is it? It's you know, it's not like they're they're like solid, solid. I'm not going anywhere apart from my fullback position. So I don't think that's an issue um, going forward as well. It'll probably get the best out of our attacking attackingness. <laughs> <laughs> attacking play because we don't play naturally with wingers anyway. I don't 
consider Bowie or Hoskins natural wingers anyway. So I feel they're like they're inside could adjust, forwards. Yeah, really. they, we they could adjust pretty quickly to what we're doing. Like the Pinnock Bowie Hoskins triumvirate could um, could work as a as that kind of front three still. So I don't think it'd be that big an issue to do it. Mm. You've got people who can players can control games like like um, like Leonard in there, but Williams can stay in there, and you you're there. I don't think it would take an awful lot to change it. And at, th- at the moment, with Guthrie out, especially with Apparet out, it feels like something that we should probably look at doing. To me, yeah, because because you know you're not taking out out and out wingers to change it to make it more narrow, is it? It's not like you're no. it's not like you're bypassing anything or changing much to make it happen about the personnel that we got. I also think it'd be good to see Tyree Simpson as a front pairing or in a front pairing, not as a front pairing. I'm not blaming (laughs) two people. Uh, (laughs) In a front pair. I I, I don't know. I would like to see what he's like with a strike partner as opposed to being essentially the lone striker up top on his own, the spearhead of that, that arrowed attack. Mm. Um, I'd I, like to see I, Bowie tried more centrally as well, because he's played there yes. for played there for Scotland, didn't he? And got a couple of goals or Scotland um, under twenty ones yep. and got two or three goals over the international break. He can clearly do it. He's got a little bit more presence about him. He, he can probably win some headers, put himself about like Apre mm-hmm. does. Definitely worth looking at for sure. Absolutely but, um, brilliant. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I personally would go, especially with Willis coming in and looking as. as you know, he did look good, I thought. It didn't have an awful lot to do, I don't think, but he looked good on the ball. He looked confident um, with the ball at his feet and and, and also, you know, in defence, in that defensive role. And, and you're right, I think Monte does, you know, look better in the three. Um, and look, I mean, if he if he's able to therefore get forward more because he's in that three and he's got that, that protection of having two other central defenders... Um, and then he can put more crosses in to land on Sam's head. Then, then go for it, please do. That would be uh, tremendous to see week in week out. Um, yeah, Tuesday night tonight, depending on when you're you're listening to this, um, will you know be interesting to see. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't think he will. I think Brady will stick with the same. I, I I wouldn't even be that surprised, although I wouldn't want it to, I don't want this to happen, but I wouldn't be that surprised if he starts with the same 11 that started at Bolton mm-hmm. on Saturday, just simply because of the fact that if you're going to stick at that formation, then there isn't an awful lot of options that you've got that changes it, you know, really. Mm-hmm. So uh, unless Apparet suddenly recovers, but I don't think he will. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably out for, and you know, at least until Saturday if not the following game. So, yeah, I, I I think we'll probably end up sticking with the same sort of back four start and then move to a back three later on. But I don't know. I, I'm, I prefer, yeah, I prefer Odomeo as a wing back. I prefer Bruff as a wing back. And yeah, I prefer Manny in a, in a back three as opposed to a, a, a central defensive partnership. I there's lots of reasons that mm-hmm. defensively I prefer us in a mm-hmm. with a back three, but then there's also there's a lot of stuff that in attack I think we we haven't yet really seen because we've not had long enough in that way in that in that formation yet. So yeah, let's see what happens on Tuesday night. Um, that will be interesting. Um, 
little bit of news um to well news. i say to bring you we're not breaking it um this <laughs> happened last week um tom cliff was elected unopposed as the supporters rep for a, a, another um yes. is it two years two um, two more years two more years two <laughs> more years yeah nobody on, stood against him nobody said that they wanted to try their hand um at that doing the job of being the supporters rep on the board of the football club. So Tom will continue in that role, which um, I think personally he's done a, a fabulous job um, talking to as many fans and getting as many opinions as he possibly can. I think um, I'm, I'm, I will just say this. I think there are the detractors that are out there that the seem to be, Detractors. No, oh, Jeffy's sorry. I thought not. Jeffy was back from it. <laughs> yeah, no, she's not. Uh, <laughs> the detractors, um, I think, way I, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I, I think they seem to be like that. They get the wrong end of the stick in regards to the job, and I think they they see it as being that Tom should be doing. Um, I don't know, just taking their opinion and basically saying, get this done, i.e. the East stand or whatever it is, yeah. and, and being very like, tell us what your plans are and X, Y, and Z. Well, actually, what I think the role is, is to is to speak to as many fans as possible to get as broad a range of views as possible so that you can then actually see what the vast majority of the fan base is wanting mm-hmm. and how they're feeling. And that's the thing that I think Tom does so so well he's already in a position where he's known and so therefore he already has lots of people that you know who know who he is and therefore would just go up to him and say hey you Mm -hmm. i've got this to say or this question to ask or whatever and the fact that he goes you know home and away and he makes himself available you know constantly by going on the different you know travel coaches by traveling to, to games by train by doing by doing it all and he's not you know, he's not the type of person that has ever taken, you know, the, the, I suppose the, the option, if you like, of going and watching the game from the, from the boardroom, you know, and being there for away from the fans. He's, he's always there in amongst the fans and and available, um, you know, for you to go and talk to. So that's the role. That's the thing that I think he does so well. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm. I'm personally very happy that that he. Yeah, he's done a brilliant job. He's done such a good job, and, and I think Kelvin was right when he said that um, it shows the respect that people have for him that they haven't stood against him when they, you know, obviously he mm. announced that he was he was standing again. Um, to me, looking at it, I just can't think of anyone better for the job from what him from what he's done is even surpassed what I thought he might do over the last couple of years. It's, it's been like everything you were saying there. He's done. Um, with humility with class and with, with everything like that you would want from a supporters rep and he represents the supporters brilliantly so yeah fair play I'm, I'm glad that he's there for another two years and yeah hopefully he can carry on doing that so well done Tom well great done, job Tom. love it absolutely marvellous um, before we go to a break there was another question um, I, I, and I, I annoyingly can't find it and I don't know where it was that it was asked but disappeared somebody ether. wanted to know Jeffy's opinion on Koiki and, and the fact that he was back um, did that mean that the king therefore oh that was on the, was the slack once wasn't it? more I think it was oh, on the slack, it was on the, yeah. there we go on the patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me 
uh, Slack. Uh, let me find it. Here we go. Um, oh, crikey. It's way, way better. It's because you went to watch the women play. Um, you've told me loads of stuff. <laughs> dare I. Um, Ash Cobb, here we go. Dear Neil, can you ask Jeffy, given Ali Koike's cameo at Bolton, is the king back on his throne? Um, that was yeah. a question for the pod. Uh, Danny, have you got Chesie's answer there? in front of um, you? I haven't got it in front of me, no, but I'm Don't pretty worry, sure it's I something will... like a resounding, he well, never left never left the throne in the first place, I think was the answer. Yeah, the king never left his throne, <laughs> and then in all caps, long live the king. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there you go, brilliant. Okay, end of part two. Enjoy these ads. Um, hopefully you'll get something good in this selection. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me. Yes, you've made it to part three. I'm Charles. Danny's here with me, as always. And it's time, Daniel, for Mm -hmm. the post bag. To the post, to the post. Get your comments and thoughts to the post. We're ready and willing to read out your scribbling. So get them all into the post, to the post, to the post. Get your comments and thoughts to the post. Put pen to the paper, do it sooner, not later, and get it all into the post. Get it in. Postbag time. Do you want me to read some messages? Please do. It should be good for the postbag. Um, email, Charles, first. Oh, An email. Podcast email. cobblerstome.com. That is the one. Uh, we shouted out for emails last week, and we've got one. Um, yes. This is from y- Yelte. I want to pronounce it. I'm sorry if I've butchered that name. Um I'm going to go with it. Uh, he says, hi, guys. So this is a bit of a weird story. I, we love a weird story on here. Uh, my mate my mate, and I are from the Netherlands, and we're fans of Northampton. It all started, actually, with FIFA. Yes, FIFA, starting from the bottom. Starting from the bottom? Crying out loud. <laughs> Start, starting from the bottom and going for glory in the Premier League. Now, the only thing we really want to do is to come to an actual home game, and we will. We're looking to come to the Fleetwood game on the 9th of December to witness our first ever Northampton game and first ever League One game. We're football lovers and we can't wait to come, but we would love to have the full experience. So thus, we were looking for other fans to get into contact with from the pub to the stadium. Let's go, Cobblers. There we go. Brilliant. This is 9th this is the, I assume this is a Saturday, isn't it? The Fleetwood game. Yes, I think it is. So, yeah. yeah. So, so definitely close to the time. We were well up for that. Um, we'll definitely arrange something to meet up before the game, I would, I'd imagine. And if anyone else wants to do that, we'll keep in touch with them as well. Yeah, they yeah, always yeah, love yeah. it. We're international cobblers. We've got... Um, who have we got coming over? There's someone else coming over. One of the... Uh, Kim, Kim, it's coming over. Kim from the Slack. Kim from the, United from, from the United States of so, America. America, yeah, yeah, she's coming over at some mm. point soon as well. So we, we always love that. So yeah, we'd, we'd have to try and get something arranged for that because it's it's always yeah, lovely to see. And hopefully he brings Ray Van Dulleman with him. <laughs> we could all uh, we'll all be regaling the them that with you tales really of the Wembley '97 <laughs> anniversary. Yeah, year. exactly. Dad was we'll so look- disappointed that Ray Van Dulleman wasn't there. <laughs> They'll be going back saying, "Now we're talking about this guy called Ray Van Dulleman. I don't know who he is, but <laughs> just, just shut up about him." Oh, oh dear. Yes, Brilliant that would be stuff. great. That would be great. So close to the time, we definitely arrange something there. Um, another message we got from Steve. Uh, says Steve? Steve says Danny Hilton, potentially oh, the striker. Yeah, potentially the striker we're missing, and will play a big part this season, or a waste of a wage, work shy Luton fanboy. 
So is he the is he the striker we're missing, don't or is he a, Steve. yeah, is he the striker <laughs> we're missing, or is he just a workshop Luton fanboy? Um, I mean, I don't oh, think hard. I don't think he's the striker we're missing, and I don't think he's workshop. If I'm honest, um, he's probably is a Luton fanboy for many reasons. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't think he's any of those things. If I'm honest, <laughs> apart from this Luton yeah. fanboy bit. The, the, this this is all stemming from the fact that um, it seems Danny Hilton loves a tweet yeah. about Luton, but he does. <laughs> doesn't doesn't like to tweet about anything else, including um, his current employers, Northampton Town Football Club. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I get it right, and I, there's part of me that just goes, I, I don't really care. Like at the end of the day, he may well be a Luton fan now, and that's that's absolutely fine. I've got no issue with that. Uh, at all um it's the you know that and and i i have actually just been like i don't care um when if and when he's posting on social media about luton town um i think i don't think it's very wise of him to do it while never ever ever saying anything about the cobblers that's that's my issue yeah that's always been my issue with it yeah i it's I, i i think you you have to show a little bit of respect towards the fans of the club that you're currently at at the same time. So, I mean, if he had, as an example here, at the weekend, I think, or I believe he tweeted or retweeted or whatever it's called, uh, uh, the word boom or something like that when Luton scored there. Was it an equaliser against Forrest, I think? Yeah. and yet there was absolutely nothing said about, you know, our performance or result at Bolton. And and if it had just been, you know, um, counterbalanced yeah. with a tweet that said, I don't know, tough result to take yeah. for the Cobblers. You yeah, know, or when Sam whatever, scores, well like, done you Sam know, for a well goal. done Sammy or, yeah. yeah, something like that that makes him, makes yeah. you think like he's, he's doing the same for us as he does for Luton. It's... That's that's all yeah. it needs for me. It's not, and then it wouldn't be as yeah. big a deal as it was. Yes. Yeah, and I, um, I, I, I do think that some people are taking a little bit. I, I think they're taking it a little bit too, too, too much to heart. I, I don't know why you care about it that much. Essentially, um, I, I look, he's injured. I mean, there was there was a post on social media over the weekend that suggested that the. Injury is not actually true. James Hennigan um, then confirmed that he'd had an operation in the summer. So there was an injury. Uh, He's still coming back from that. You know, rehab is, you know, taking place. And there's hope, I think, for November, December time for maybe a return for him. Um, That might just be to the actual grass. I don't know um, exactly. Please don't, you know, take that as gospel because I don't know. But... It's it's the fact you know, that he's so it, high profile. It's a isn't bit it? OTT. Yeah, but I, I think it's because he's got that history and he's come down from the championship and he's got that characterization about him that we all thought he was going to be a lot more than he was. Like if he was a run of the mill squad player, he'd not be getting any of this stick. But because he was, he's been that big time player and he's, he's come with a massive reputation. That's part of it, isn't it? That's why he's probably got mm. the, the backlash that he's got from it. It's true. Um, 
But yeah. Yeah. The, win, the best I, thing yeah. you can do is come back and score a couple of goals and it will all be forgotten about, won't it? <laughs> that's, yes, that's please. Yeah. It, you, you are right. I mean, I, I don't know. In the meantime, I, I do think, personally, somebody at the football club should mm-hmm. be taking him to one side and yeah. just just if you there, there's a I don't want him to get a telling off about it what I want somebody to do is to basically put their arm around him and just say you are causing your own grief here yeah just either as i said before either stop posting full stop mm-hmm. which would probably be the easier thing to do or just if you're going to post about Luton you know, having their, you know, swan song season in the Premier League, that's fine. But just balance it with a couple of mentions for the cobblers. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, there like- are plenty of players out there who are able to, after a game, go onto Twitter or Instagram or whatever and, and say, you know, uh, you know, X, Y, Z result, you know, great result for us today and really good also to see my former team get a point at wherever you know in the same post so Mm. it's not hard to do it it's simple and it's just making a rod for his own back and i part of me just is beginning to wonder and i appreciate social media is actually a very small element of our fan base um or at least what you see on social media is probably a very small element of fan base but I worry that he's going to get his first appearance of the season probably off the bench and, and people are going to boo him. No, I, because don't, think it, I don't think it would be that. I, I don't think that he should do, but uh, no, I, th- I, don't I think can it's see that deep. certain I don't... people on social media that are basically calling him out almost every single time mm. he posts on there. They're going to be there in the stand and they're probably, they don't want to support him because they're annoyed at him. And he no, can I easily think, stop that from happening. Yeah, I think as soon as he runs onto the pitch, and he's, he, well, if he gets onto the pitch, if he gets there, then it becomes a different story, and you know it starts to slowly get forgetting about if he starts performing a little bit. Um, it's just that kind of you know your partner's texting their ex still, and that kind of feel to it <laughs> of just like it, what are you doing? Is it okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, I wouldn't know what Maybe that's well. like, Danny. Sorry. <laughs> well, they like, or when they poke their ex on Facebook or something. Oh, hello. Yeah, people. Some some of the younger listeners are like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> MySpace, everybody. Yeah, Bebo. it's like it's like going uh, back, going down to Blockbuster MSN Video. Messenger. <laughs> yeah. uh, should we move on um, from Danny Hilton? Last one is from Intelligent <laughs> Melly, Charles. Oh. Yeah. Is that the name that he gave or the one that you've given him? No, it's one that I gave him. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, he says, DB finds, I assume that's not me. I assume he's talking about David Bauer. <laughs> Danny <laughs> Brothers. <Yeah. laughs> DB finds an additional 75K for the budget. Would the team do one of the following? This is the team you're talking about us, I assume. Uh, would yeah, you do uh, one of the yeah. following? One, extend Cars Bar and add a temporary marquee fan zone behind the North, accepting the argument there was insufficient ROI justification to do so. Number two, put additional funding into the East End development, a, prov- a probable increase provable provable increase sorry obviously and um (laughs) number three improve the squad in the january transfer window which one 75k in the budget could you get a lot for 75k in the transfer window these days i don't know what could you get for that could you get a decent enough strike for that i don't know if you could no could you i don't think you could i mean back in the day we could get a david seal for that but not anymore 
<laughs> I might yeah. get seen. It's a, it's a good it's a good question actually. Uh, it's an interesting one. So Dave Bauer found seventy five. I don't know where he's finding this either. But where's he found that? Down the back of his sofa. That's the question that needs to be know. asked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which one would we do? Well, which one would I do? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't put seventy five k into the east stand. That's a pittance. No, no, I don't think so. Again, you're not making any difference whatsoever there. I don't think you put it into the into the wage budget for the January transfer window. Although, I mean, there's an argument, isn't there? Here, I think for you know, you add seventy five k to what you've already got, and that might then get you to the point where you can afford a decent striker potentially yeah i, I mean know. even if it's putting that into put, getting a really really good striker or li- really really good couple of players on loan that you're paying the loan wage for mm-hmm. that kind of thing i mean the one thing that i would always say with this is that the transfer window getting players in there's there's an element of risk to it you look at we were just talking about danny hilton right yeah it's not going to be a guaranteed thing is it there's no guarantee that you're bringing in a player that will actually change your fortunes or make you better or bang all the goals in that you wanted Danny Hilton to do. Um, so I, I'd go with number one, 75k, extend Cars Bar and add a temporary marquee fan zone behind the North. This whole accepting the argument there is insufficient ROI justification to do so. Yeah, I accept that. Um, I accept that there is that argument. I don't agree with it. Is my where where are you extending Cars Bar to though? In that sense, is it just outwards? I think yeah, outwards. I think you put a uh, a semi permanent or you know roof being gazebo type thing, (laughs) a better than a gazebo. But you know, I think the um, uh, what's it called Um, decked out area, the decking Mm. area. I think you could make that part of the internal bit of cars bar imagine mm-hmm. some by, by is it bifolding doors is that what you have so yeah. knock knock the not the wall down Get and it in put there. some bifolding doors in so that you could open out cars bar a bit bigger you could have a stage in it i don't know you could have a little you could basically you could have somewhere for the you know the 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 outside bar that they use on nice weather games mm-hmm. Um, which are just, I think it's just lager, isn't it? But I mean, it takes some of the pressure away from the main bar. That could be in there permanently, so it could be used for every game. You could have a little stage, so you've got your six-field sounds DJ could be, you yeah, know, not out up. the boot of his car anymore. Huh? Um, Neil on yeah, stand-up comedy. Seats. Neil could do stand-up comedy, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, get that in there. I mean, What's not to love about that? Yeah. yeah. I think that would be quite good. And then having a similar type of thing over at you know, behind the North stand, why not? I mean, 75K, I mean, the question would be, would 75K cover both things? I don't know, but at least do one of them. Yeah. And and you know what? While I, while I, I, I completely see and I understand the reason for the ROI argument, um, it's not my money. Uh, <laughs> it's what I was, what I say is it's not my money. It would be nice to be able to, you know, have a little bit more when we go. I, and I appreciate that there are also people that that argue that, you know, they're not bothered and they're not interested in having a drink before the game and therefore having, 
you know the bar or whatever extended isn't really for them i i accept that but i also think at the same time you don't have to drink when you go into cars bar you certainly don't have to have alcohol and what you could have is some more pre-match entertainment yes yeah that's good question melly very intelligent question yeah. i have to say that was, was. Uh, post bag empty what's that that's that was an empty, empty post bag. Empty bag, no? Well, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the empty post bag. Thank you so much, um, Danny, for that. Um, let's take a quick break. Another one. No. Yes. Another one. And um, then we'll we'll come back and we'll hear all about your lovely day at the Fernabau. <laughs> back in a moment. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me. Yes, uh, it's myself, Charles Commons, and Danny Brothers. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, we've got right. a Women's Are FA we... Cup tie. To talk oh, you weren't about. talking to me? Just... <laughs> no, I wasn't talking to you, mate. No, no, no. <laughs> talking to uh, the dear listener, yes. um, whoever that might be at this moment in time. Uh, NTFC Women, Danny, on Sunday, oh, they, they played a home game at yes. uh, the Fernie Fields, which you have decided to rename the Fernabau yeah. Stadium. Fernabau Stadium, yeah. I think it's about time for renaming, yeah. Rebranding. Yeah. Um, and um, I enjoyed that immensely. Uh, you enjoyed a, well, I mean, thriller. Strap yourself in, Charles, for start. Oh, I will. This, Hang on a minute. This isn't... There we go. This isn't just Ding Dong. I don't know what you'd call this. This is Triple triple Dong, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> triple ding, triple dong, dilly dang, dilly dong. Unbelievable Oof. game of football this was. So this is Coventry Sphinx in the FA Cup third What's qualifying round on Sunday. Brilliant name. Uh, Coventry Sphinx coming from the uh, level below, the tier below us. So the tier that we'd come okay. up from a couple of seasons ago. Um, I'll go through the, the game first because it's an it's a story in itself. So, so settle in, dear listener. Okay. <laughs> so Sphinx took the lead early on. Um, opening the scoring uh, long range nil effort. one nil one yeah one all Kim Farrow oh. really weird goal that's the strangest goal I've seen this season because she's kind of passed it towards the goal it's gone in the corner of the net and all of us sat in the in the um, main stand I call it over the Fernabal we've just sat there like it's gone out of play it's just looked like it's gone past because the goalkeeper's standing there claiming for something what, what it looks like right. and it's just rolled past her and then suddenly our players are starting celebrating and it's a goal so I don't really know what happened Take ball's it. just rolled into the net one all uh, they go up the other end and score 2-1 then Jade Bell makes it 2-2 because of course she does she scores a goal she's sent through one-on-one brilliant finish into the roof of the net from Jade a typical Jade Bell goal then. typical yeah really good finish um, mm. there uh, they go up the other end again, make it 3-2, so Ugh. ahead again. Then we score another one, Jade Bell again, collecting the pass, finishing another traditional Jade Bell finish, really, really calm, collected as, as usual to make it 3 all. And then we, just before half-time, I think the goalkeeper scored an Hang on a goal. minute, it's not yeah. even half-time No, it's not half-time yet. yet. No, no, we're still Crikey. in the first half. <laughs> just before half-time, a goalkeeper scored an own goal by the looks of from what I can tell has happened. Um, drops it into her own net. 4-3 at half-time. You think, you know, we're playing against the team from a division below. We've now taken the lead for the first time in the game. And it's looking mm. like, you know, if we get another one, we're, we're off to the races and their heads are going to drop. 
didn't happen. They've come out for the second half and scored again, 4-4. We've come back. Vicky Barrett's headed in from a, or bundled one in from a corner to make it 5-4. And then for the first time, we've gone two goals up. And this is where we start to oh. take a little bit of control over the game. Dick sent through, rounds the keeper, makes it 6-4. All good, all jolly. We think, you know, end of story. Once we're two goals ahead, you think mentality-wise, they're going to, you know, that's it. Mm. We've, we've started to take a little bit of control. We've changed the system up about a bit at halftime. Always rosy again. <laughs> they go up the other end again. Penalty. Uh, put the penalty away for 6-5. Who gave the this penalty is, away, Danny? I can't remember who gave it away, but it, I, couldn't, I couldn't really see either. I'm going to do an Arsene Wenger. I couldn't see who did it. Um, <laughs> but um, really good penalty that they put away for 6-5. And then wow. oh, not quite, quite near the end of the game, Jade... Um, uh, what's I going to say? Uh, Jade Bell completes a hat-trick. Um, just, yeah, rounding the keeper. I, th- I think I said Jade Bell scored the sixth one, but she didn't. It was um, Alex Dix who scored the sixth after coming on, but Jade Bell got the seventh. She's um, gone round the keeper again for 7-5. Uh, unbelievable oh, game. <laughs> and one where, you know, it's not one for the for the defensive purists for start. And I, and I know Clearly. Josh and Liam after the game were... were um, disappointed with the defending for some of our goals which was fair enough I think we it was just a really bizarre game of football but from an attacking sense brilliant but defensively you know we were getting cut through quite quite easily um and yeah some of our some of our defensive we're not gonna be happy with some of our reactions I think to some of the balls we're a little bit disappointed with but it's not like us to concede that many goals either we're not that kind of team that Mm. will go sort of Ding dong all over the place. We've we've played against Boldenmere at St Michael's a couple of weeks ago in midweek and gone one nil up and really defended like our lives depended on it and kept him out. And mm. Katie's made some, some amazing saves towards the end of that game. We're throwing bodies in the way and we just didn't have that sense of control over our defence in this game. Um, but you know, fair play to us. We've we've come out of it and got the result. But Coventry Sphinx again. They've had a couple of players who were fantastic. They, their number, they, we didn't get team sheets. I don't know who, who they are, but the number thirty-two is scored direct from a corner uh, for one of the goals, and the number nineteen just ran the game completely for them and looked a real, real talent. So, you know, they're not doing great in their league at the minute, but it looks like they've got some promising signs, and they really gave us a game. And it was one of those cup ties that just, <laughs> just, just like typical, you know, one division against another, back and forth. But you're just lucky or happy to get out of it in, into the hat because it's yeah first round proper now um, of that FA Cup. Get in, brilliant in the hat, so, in the hat. Oh, that's the main thing to get in the hat, isn't it? And no matter how you got it, you know, it, it was like mm. when the men played Northwich Victoria that time and went three oh, yeah. down and won it four three late on. It didn't really matter how we how we got there, but we got there mm. in the end, and we just got that quality to finish it off in the end. But um, yeah, really, really good game, but really nervous game at the same time. Can I ask a question? Go on, Danny. Ask um, it. Well, the last few games, mm-hmm. I've noticed that one Alex Dix has mm-hmm. not been starting. No. Um, but he's been coming on at half time or, or, you know, in the second half. And that's when we seem to be, you know, the formation changes and the tactics change. And that's when we seem to then take hold of the games and then go on and, and, and win them as we have been doing for the, the last few. Um, and it seems to work so much better Yes, does, when yeah. that change happens. Yeah. So why do you think we're not starting with 
a front pairing of Alex Dix and, and Jade Bell? Because it, it's not like Jade Bell is coming off for Alex Dix and they're just swapping, you know, the two strikers, um, you know, because obviously Jade was there to complete a hat-trick while Alex was on the pitch in the second half towards the end of the game. So what? What you've seen them more than me this season. Yeah. I've been to just the one game so far. What, what's, what, what do you think the deal is there? I've got no idea why Alex Dix isn't starting for start. I don't know if we need to talk to Josh and Liam and find out why she's only playing half a game because she's such a talent in herself. Um, but also she gets the best out of the players around her when she comes on. So I don't really know why she's not starting games because as soon as she does, what you get is we start with, um, in the last couple of games, Kim Farrow and Jade Bell up front doing their thing. Brilliant players um, Jade often drops back to try and get the ball. You get Kim dropping back into midfield as well to try and get it, but then you lose something up front with that. But Kim's, Kim is such a presence in the midfield and the way that she bosses that midfield and the attacking-wise. When Alex comes on, she kind of replaces that her up front so that Kim can go back and do us thing in midfield and, th- and thread the three balls through and really battle in the midfield where we, we are lacking a little bit in terms of that midfield ability at the moment I think and for Kim to drop back there is just as important as for Alex to go up 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 front so it, it changes everything it changes the whole front three and to have Kim then playing behind Alex and Jade I think it just gets the most out of all of those players which we've got to do especially in a game like this when we're conceding as well at the other end we've got to get the most out of our, out of our attacking players because they're, they're all brilliant players um, in themselves and they just seem to work really well so I just I'm not really sure what's gone on there because at six fields as well, Jade finished off a hat trick while playing like that as well. Yeah. Um Alex got on the score sheet again um the other week. And it's yeah, it it just feels like the way that we finish games is a lot stronger than the way we start with them tactically. And it's it's hard to know without talking to Liam and Josh why that's happening and why that isn't mm like that from the start there might be a reason for it I don't know but it just feels like we're much more comfortable and we're much more threatening and getting the most out of all of them out of all the players so we're in in how we finish games but um, yeah very very strange one There's a, there was a debut today as well Charles Boulogne a debut oh yes new signing um, uh, Eloise Copson came off the bench today for a debut um, so that was good to see uh, did well at left in uh, left back at the end of the game, so um, really good performance from her. And yeah, very just relieved to get out there at the end of the day with with the win. Brilliant win! I'm I'm very very happy, and um, it continues the good form, doesn't it? So it does. yeah, yeah. Tough old game um, next week as well, though. Yeah, next up in the plate, aren't we? The plates, plate it. Like yeah, yeah Derby one. in the in the National League play. I think they're the level above us, Derby. So mm. that'll be a really, really tough game. Really established team um, at the level above. So that'll be a, a much different game. We've got to be on it defensively for that one. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've, we've, yeah, we've just got to be switched on for that defensively. And it, it might change our approach. I'm not sure in that one. But it'd be, it'd be good. Okay. It's, it's always a good test to play against a team that's in the level above, isn't it? Unless you're Wolves, Absolutely. we don't want to play them again. <laughs> and uh, two o'clock kickoff. Yeah. Um, uh, on on Sunday, um, where where where's that again, Danny? Yes, at the it's at Ferny Fields, the Fernabell. Yeah. The Fernabell, oh, yes, yeah. lovely. I, I'm enjoying that. I wonder whether Silby will uh, rename that. <laughs> Banning me, yeah, probably, yeah, probably, probably. probably <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, they'll rescind your season ticket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Well, thank you very much um, 
for for that information and uh, of course good luck to NCSC women in the plate on plate Sunday um, the Cobblers men's first team of course in action at home against Leighton Orient enjoy the game Danny you'll be going I won't uh, I no, I'm on holiday this week no oh you're on holiday this yeah. week how very dare you Why? Yeah, where right. are you going what are you doing uh, I'm going to Liverpool Charles are, are you really yeah yeah uh, we've got an Airbnb with a lot of uh, a lot of folk with kids and we were just going to pile in there and cause havoc on Liverpool. I might go and put a Panini sticker of Abdul Osman on the cop, on the cop. While Please I'm there. do. Yeah. Please do. That'd be good. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Well, in, in, enjoy your journey to the Northwest. I hope we treat you well. Um, lovely stuff. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more from us and why wouldn't you, you'll find it at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. You can listen to our weekly podcast all about the rest of league one. That's the league one lounge. Danny and I have recorded it before we recorded uh, this very podcast that you're listening to uh, right now. And uh, it's a good one this week, even if I say so myself. Um, you can also every single week read our from the vaults blog. And uh, you can also chat about the Cobblers with other Cobblers fans in our community. Uh, Go to patreon.com forward slash Cobblers to me to sign up for a seven-day free trial. Enjoy that. Go away. Go and find the Patreon. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) I had to breathe all of a sudden. It didn't work, did it? Uh, Yes, go away. Go away right now. Go away to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. If that doesn't make you want to sign up, nothing will. For now, though, goodbye and up the cobblers. See you next time. Come on. See you soon. There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. Sports Social Podcast Network.